Pastor Ray Bentley points out where an important biblical precept came from. Jesus uses a little child to teach us all a very important lesson. He says the way to be first is to be last. And the way to be last is to be the servant of all. So we've heard that, okay? If you really want to be first, you've got to be last. And if you want to be last, you've got to be the servant of all. Give me an example. Give me a role model. And Jesus says, a little child. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. We may be surprised to see those who will be first in God's kingdom. There'll be people we've never heard of. There'll be people who served quietly behind the scenes, never grabbed the spotlight, wanted no special recognition or accolades. Today, Pastor Ray points out why these people will be at the head of the heavenly path. All right, Mark chapter 9, beginning of verse 14. It says, And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. So again, you imagine Jesus, Peter, James, and John, but now they're, they're joining the other disciples who've been waiting for them up on the mountain. And what they find, what Jesus finds, is those disciples whom he had left uh, down below are arg having an argument and, and a dispute or a debate, if you will, with some of these religious uh, scribes, religious leaders. And verse 15, immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever or wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And then they brought him to Jesus. And when he saw him immediately, the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and he wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Now, what happens with the crowd? Verse 25, they realize, whoo, this is something big is about to go down. When Jesus saw that the people came running to this scene together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf 
and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he rose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. That is quite a story, isn't it? It's a moving story of deliverance. And I want you to know that not only is the Holy Spirit real, the Spirit of the living God, the eternal Spirit, all the attributes that are given to the Father God are attributed to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sees all things. He is omnipresent, omni-righteous, omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing is every attribute of God. And all the fullness of the God had dwelt in Jesus bodily. A beautiful trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that was inside of him. But you must also know that there are fallen angels that there, which are then described as demons or demonic spirits. If your Father in heaven loves you, has a glorious and wonderful plan for your life, the devil hates you and has a horrible plan for your life. He wants to rob and to kill and to destroy. And there are two ways spiritually to become alive. One is, and the best way, is to hear Jesus knocking at the door of your heart. And he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, open the door, I will come in. So there is salvation, where you receive Christ and the Holy Spirit inside of you. But the other way is to become open through the occult in one way or another. You're opening to the spiritual realm of darkness. Now we're spiritually dead in our sins or separated from God, but there is a spiritual energy that can come from the demonic, uh, the occult side, the dark side, which is also very real. We are not told any details of how or where uh, no doubt since this was a child and that was very young, somewhere within the family there had been an opening of the door. Now, when I hear this story of this father, doesn't it move you with compassion? You know, I, I've had the, the opportunity to travel to many different places and countries around the world. Demonic possession does happen in the United States of America. It's not as much as I've seen it in other countries which are open to the spiritual realm, have uh, long histories of practices and occult, uh, demonic, uh, religious backgrounds that have opened the doors to demons where all kinds of things happen. I've seen the supernatural, I've seen the demonic uh, in various other places and countries, and, and seemingly more prevalent. It does happen here. Um, maybe it doesn't, it's not as much, but I think that as much is the oppression, which is not necessarily being possessed, but the demonic and the satanic oppression is still here. It's a real spiritual world in which we live, and especially when you've asked Jesus Christ in your life, you become much more attuned to it and much more spiritually sensitive to it. So I can just imagine this, this poor father's uh, feeling uh, how, you know, my son, somehow this spirit got in him. We don't know how or where or why, but he can't speak. 
And worse than that, he goes into these fits, his body writhing. Uh, He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth. And then the spirit causes him leaping into a fire, throwing himself into deep waters. Out of desperation, he brings, where's Jesus? Jesus, you know, he finds out he probably wanted to bring him to Jesus, but Jesus is left with three of his disciples gone into the mountain. So he says, are there any of the followers of this man named Yeshua from Nazareth? I hear that he has powers and wonders and that even his disciples have gone and laid hands upon people and they've been delivered. And so the disciples come up. But I believe that what happened at this particular time is as this demonic spirit began to manifest... Uh, Through this poor, tormented young soul, these guys who were still, you know, young in their understanding and spiritual growth and development were so mesmerized that their eyes became totally focused on the demonic influence through this child and and it, it broke all powers of their simple faith in the Lord. Plus, Jesus is up on the mountain. And so out of desperation, now as this man is, they've tried, nothing has happened. Now all of a sudden, out of the crowd comes Jesus, breaking up this dispute that they've gotten into with some of the other disciples. Jesus appears, the man runs up, finally, you're here, Yeshua of Nazareth. Here's my son, I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't do anything. Can you do anything for him? Oh Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And I want to just say this, um, this man's faith grew out of desperation. There are times when God allows our lives to come to the place where you have nowhere else to go, where the family can't do anything, society can't do anything, uh, the world can't do anything, and by God's gracious mercy, he's brought you to himself because God is your last hope. That's not a bad place to be. Actually, it is the place we ought to begin. How many times do we go, well, everything else failed. I guess I'll give God a try. Hello. Why not start with God? But here he comes. And and this man says, I believe. Why does he believe? Because I've seen, heard, or known of people who've been delivered by your power. But help thou my unbelief. Why? Because my son is trapped. And, and it's, it's mesmerized me, and, and I need to be set free. You know, may God give us uh, faith that, that, yes, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. God wants to mature our faith and help us in the areas of our lives where there is still unbelief. How many would admit tonight in church that you are not yet perfect in your faith? Let me see your hands. Okay, we're all in the same boat, right? So to whatever degree that I am not yet into the complete image of Jesus Christ means there's little areas of my life that I don't really trust God. Every time I disobey God, what I'm really saying is I don't believe you. Not in that area anyway. When you obey, it's because I believe him. I've been convinced. And God's a good teacher. He, I love this about our Father in heaven. He loves you, he, wa- he wants the best for you, and he teaches you lessons And if you don't believe him and don't trust him, he lets you experience the failure of doing it your own way. And then he lets you take the test all over again. Isn't that wonderful? Until finally you go, I know the answer to this test. I'm not doing what I used to do. I've been there, done that, and I am sick to my stomach of doing my own thing, my own way. I've learned I don't want to get burned again. Hallelujah. One way or another, you learn 
to trust God. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. We love hearing when Maranatha Radio and Pastor Ray's teachings are impacting lives. Pastor Ray, I love your daily devotionals, especially your devotion on sharing our faith with others. I've been wanting to witness more about Jesus to my neighbors and friends, but I always get a little pushy. But your message was all about compassion, love, and gentleness. Thanks for a good lesson on how to reach others for Christ without driving them away. God bless you. And we're so glad that Pastor Ray's teachings are helping. Would you take just 60 seconds and write Pastor Ray an email and let him know how these studies in God's Word have encouraged you? You can send that email to ray at raybentley.com. That's ray at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now verse 23, look at verse 23. If, here was Jesus' response to the man. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you're taking notes tonight, next to the word believe, I want you to write another word that helps define it also. Trust. So I want to put it this way, because it's, it's also that the, the idea and meaning of this word. Jesus is saying, if you can trust me, all things are possible to him who trusts me me. Do you trust Jesus? Can you say, yes, Lord, I trust you with my life, with my future, with everything. And what Jesus' response reveals is that even a tiny little bit of trust opens the door for the supernatural power of God to be manifest. We make the mistake of thinking, I've got to, you know, be stronger. I got to have more faith. I got to have big faith. No. Jesus taught that tiny little faith is enough to release the supernatural power of God. Because it's not the size of your faith, it's the size of your God. Little tiny faith, big God. So read with me, because Matthew tells this same story, but he added something uh, that was part of this original story. And that's why it was good that Matthew added his gospel. He gave some other... Uh, you know, added details. So Matthew 17, 20 and 21, let's read that out loud. Because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So in order to experience some kind of God's great supernatural power, I want you to write this down. You do not need to be a spiritual giant. You can, you can practice tiny little faith in a big God tonight, right here, right now. Now, having said that, this is not a license to impose your own selfish will. I believe that God wants to do this, you know, and there are people that have made a God out of faith. Uh, and, and sometimes the way they teach it, it's you can believe whatever and anything and God will give it to you. Well, that's an immature look at faith. It's not licensed to impose your will or your selfish desires or your foolish desires, but that which is the will of the Father. So we need the discernment to know what is the will of God. Well, in this situation, it was not the will of God that this child should suffer and wanted to relieve it and heal him and set him free. So back to Mark chapter nine. Let's close with these last verses, 30 through 37. The secret 
of attracting love and care. And let me say, it comes from learning what it means to be a child. Verse 30 says, and then they departed from there. So that the boy gets delivered and everybody's, wow, Jesus again. And then they departed from there and they passed through Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know it. For he taught his disciples and said to them, the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of men and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. But they did not understand this saying and they were afraid to ask him. Wow. Jesus gets away from the crowd. He's just with the disciples. It's back to Jerusalem. They're, they're on their way to the last visit to Jerusalem. They're on their way to the cross and, and his crucifixion and burial and resurrection. So Jesus tells his disciples after this glorious transfiguration, after this great deliverance, you guys remember where we're going. Yeah, Jerusalem. Do you know what's going to happen there? Tell us again, Lord, I'm going to be killed. And on the third day, I'm going to rise from the dead. And they really don't understand what he's talking about. Now, you and I have, we're, we're 2,000 years the other side of the cross. And we've got four gospels and, and Christianity has been around for 2,000 years since the day of Pentecost. So it's like so obvious to us. But if you go back to their minds, it's not like the scriptures painted it in a very clear fashion. Okay, the Messiah will come and then he'll be rejected and then he'll be crucified and then he'll be buried and on the third day he'll rise from the dead. Those, that picture was scattered like jewels and gems over many prophecies. So you weren't, weren't able to put it all together until it happened and then after it happened they could say this is that which was spoken of by the prophets. Does that make sense? It became clear afterwards. So they didn't really get it. And along the way, Jesus is trying to prepare them. I'm going to the cross. But instead of focusing on that, look what they are focused on. Immediately after Jesus tells them that, look at verses 33 through 37. And then he came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, what is it you disputed among yourselves on the road? So they're still making their way back to Jerusalem. But they kept silent for on the road, they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down, called the 12 and said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Oh, I love this. Jesus uses a little child to teach us all a very important lesson. He says the way to be first is to be last. And the way to be last is to be the servant of all. So we've heard that, okay? If you really want to be first, you've got to be last. And if you want to be last, you've got to be the servant of all. Give me an example. Give me a role model. And Jesus says a little child. An unspoiled child, listen, is an example of both submission and humility. Now, let me tell you this. What, so what, okay, I've got to act like a child. What does that mean? A child generally knows he is a child and acts like a child. And that's the secret of why children attract so much love and care. They're not always so self-aware and self-conscious. They're just like kids and you look at them and you're thinking, oh, they just look so cute. And they're just like staring at you being so cute, but they're not aware of their cuteness because they're just little kids. Jesus is saying that kind of innocence 
and submission and humility. Just being a child is what it's all about. Now, on the other hand, when a child tries to impress us by acting like an adult, they don't get the same kind of attention. When they get bossy, <laughs> like a grown-up, and start acting, you know, like they're trying to act like they're older than they really are, it's not necessarily so cute. So it's simple. What is Jesus saying? Don't try to be more than what you are. You don't need to be. We are free to be God's children. You don't have to be a superstar, super smart, super spiritual, or act like you're bigger or more spiritual as you're all arguing about, you know, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Right after Jesus said, I'm going to be killed in Jerusalem. Okay, very interesting. Who's going to be on the right hand? Who's going to be on the left? Nice. If we have the heart of a child, we'll have no difficulty being servants. I want to use a, an analogy from my own uh, life. When, when I was little, my grandfathers on both sides came from Imperial Valley. One was a carpenter who came originally from West Virginia. The other was a farmer originally who came from, you know, Oklahoma, that era. But, but they ended up in Imperial Valley. And, and on my mom's side and my dad's side, here are these two families. And I remember going down basically to the desert and it's hot and everything. And TV wasn't what it is today. So they basically didn't have the TV on, and so it'd be aunts and uncles and grandpas and grandmas and my mom and dad sitting outside trying to get some fresh air and telling stories and talking. And me and my brothers, now not for a long time because we would go you know, be squirrely and play and stuff, but there was something cool about eavesdropping and listening into the conversation of adults because on my side of the family, on the Bentley side, they were storytellers. Have you noticed I like to tell stories? <laughs> I am nothing compared to my uncles. I'd give anything if I could take you back. You could be a fly on the wall and listen to the, some of the conversations and stories and whoppers. <laughs> I like to say, look, all of my stories that I tell are true and many of them actually happen. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> So to hang around, if you wanted to hang around the adults, what, and, and my grandmother knew that we kind of wanted to eavesdrop and hang out, well, you had to be quiet. And the other thing was, my grandmother Bentley would say, hey, come here, uh, you know, why don't you, why don't you bring this cup of coffee to your, to your grandpa? So I was like, oh, cool. So I'd get the cup of coffee and I'd bring it to grandpa, you know, and he'd, oh, thank you, as he's talking and telling all these stories. Now, I was just being a kid and, and the joy of serving my grandpa was it got me close to him so that I could listen to him tell all these amazing, fascinating stories. And, and so it wasn't like we think of, you know, you're a slave, servant, submission. It was really what Jesus is saying, children who love and respect and honor those who are above them and want to be with them and hang around them. It's that kind of innocence and love and submission and servanthood that the family of God is all about. Does that make sense? Yes. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley with an illustration from his own family life as we consider our relationship to our Heavenly Father. Glad you're joining us today here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, A Child's Secret. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you get there, under Media, you'll notice three words, Watch, Radio, and Devo. 
Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click About and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email, free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his latest book called The Threshing Floor, a prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full series called The Elijah Chronicles. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Mark. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.